What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Before we get started, go ahead, hit that like, subscribe, give us a review. We just hit a thousand listens, which is kind of like a benchmark. I never thought I would see that in the short amount of time. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you all enjoy this content. Um, yeah, this is the hunting outlier. Here we go. what's going on guys welcome on back to another episode today i got a pretty good dude i got zane howard from loaded timber waterfowl coming on zane how you doing pretty good man how are you another day so uh, tell us a little about yourself who are you and what do you do where are you from oh man uh i'm from atlanta texas um got into hunting when i was heck i don't even remember i was walking i was just learned to walk honestly and, you know, my dad took me to deer woods and we started deer hunting. Well, then one day we went duck hunting and I fell in love with that and really never looked back. Um, it's been a ongoing thing of just ducks from then on. Yep. Ducks, ducks and more ducks, man. <laughs> exactly. So you earlier, I mean, we, we just talked a little bit earlier. You said you got into deer hunting um or well just hunting in general but uh ducks is your passion man so you're out of what state now texas texas yeah you all had some crazy pictures going up on instagram you guys did pretty good this season huh oh we did all right we traveled a little bit um we put put some miles on the truck you know put some windshield time in found some birds where it was able to get on them and you know we we didn't do as good as we normally do but it was still, you know, okay. It was still it was still a good time regardless. Yeah, I mean, how was the hunting in Texas compared to the other states? All in all, rough. <laughs> yeah. It was um, little water and a lot of people. And if if you didn't get on the birds first in a hole, you didn't get on them. I'll just put it that way. Yes, kind of sounds like California. I mean, that seems to be like a pretty good consensus amongst everybody now. Is like it was a rough year for everybody. You really had to put the time and effort in to get after them. Yeah, man. Um, it, even putting time in, I mean, there was there was multiple times where me and some buddies, me and my girlfriend, we we scouted all day. I mean, in holes that I've killed limits of mallards out of, time and time again. And I, I would scout all day, emphasis all day, and I'd see five or six mallards. And I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where at the end of the day, it's dark, you know, you've been out there all day and you get in the truck and you just kind of look out the window just with that, <laughs> that long face and you're like, golly, what is going on? Yeah, you're pretty much calling the cavalry, call all your buddies, go out and try and find them, huh? Oh man, I called... I'd call people from other states. I'd text people. I'd, I'd be like, man, do y'all have birds? You know, I don't even want to come hunt up there. I just want to know if y'all have birds, you know, or y'all seeing birds or just stuff like that. And it just, 
pretty much everywhere was just kind of the same thing. Just, man, we, we don't have anything, you know, they haven't got here yet. So, I mean, we never got the weather either though, during season. And I mean, it, the, the water was the biggest thing early season. We, we got to push early, but we had no water and everybody was congested. I mean, opening day, you know, my buddies killed a five man and they were hunting a hundred yards away from somebody. And I mean, they said they saw so many birds that they could have shot, you know, an eight, 10 man limit of mallards. But I mean, when you have somebody a hundred yards away from you and you know, they're shooting at wood ducks and whatever flies within 60 yards of them while you got birds working, you know, it's kind of hard to do, but it, it just, it was rough in our area this year, man. Now, 100 yards, pretty damn close, man. Hunting public land, I take it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's way too close, you know, and that's that's one of the things with our area. It's people just really don't have the respect anymore, and they don't care, which, you know, this year, this year was tough because there was no water early season. Early season, we had zero water. So if, if you find a hole with ducks, you're probably going to have somebody coming in and walking on you, walking in on you, even if you stayed there all night, stuff like that. I mean, it, it just, that's, that's how it goes. It's, we had no water. Everybody was congested. It just, it, it, it's tough. Now you guys walking in or boating into these places. What's it I mean, what's it like opening day in Texas? I've never been there. Never hunted. I mean, I've seen well, some videos and heard some things where it gets kind of squirrely. Well, it's not as bad as Arkansas, I'll say that. Because there's no time constrictions, nothing like that. You know, you can get out there and stay the night if you want to, stuff like that. But boating in and walking, that that depends on your water situation. You know, we we like the water high because we can kind of get away from people. We can, you know, drive right up to where we're going to hunt, stuff like that. But this year it was walking. This year, if, if you were hunting, you were walking. Because river was in its banks, lake was low, I mean... Anything you wanted to hunt, you were walking to. Yeah, and then you guys also did quite a bit of traveling this year, huh? Yes, we we killed the majority of our birds from traveling, and it was it was worth every minute. We we met great people. We uh, we made really good connections with people. Um, I I met you know met the guy I guess through Instagram, but uh, his name's Kevin, and uh, man he. He helped us out a lot this year, and I've made a lifelong friend from Instagram, you know, once again. And uh, if it wasn't for him, we probably wouldn't have killed the birds we did. But, you know, he let us in on a little, a few secrets, and it, it helped a lot. And then we met him in November and hunted with him, you know, in the places he helped us with. And, um, yeah, it, it was a great time. It's, it's something I'll always be appreciative of, for sure. Hell yeah, dude. So, I mean, do you guys typically fly out to these places, or you guys just rent a car, just drive your personal trucks? Oh, we drive personal trucks and pull the boat. Oh, hell yeah, man. That's the way to do it. Everywhere we go. And I, I think I put all season on my truck from the start of season to the end of season. I put right around 14,000 miles on my truck. That's pretty good, dude. Yeah. And it was, it was worth it. I'll, I'll say that it was worth it. Every single mile we drove was worth it. And yeah, it was, it was a great time. Now what hunt stuck out the most to you? And you want to give a little insight to that? 
the hunt that stuck out the most. Man, there's a lot of them. Um, I think I got two. I got two that stick out the most. The the one that sticks out the most because of how good of a time it was, and you know, it just it was fast paced. Like everything was going our way. It was, uh, I think, right after Thanksgiving, and we were in the Northwest, and it was, it was when we first met Kevin, like, face-to-face. Me and Cody went and met him, and one of my buddies from college met us up there because he, he lives in that area, and we shot a four-man of Mallards, and, I mean, it was just, it was beautiful all morning. Birds worked perfect. We had bluebird skies. I mean, we saw thousands of mallards. I mean, it was it was picture perfect, you know. And it was one of those we shot twenty four green heads and four hens, and it just it couldn't have been better. And uh, then I think the second one that sticks out the most was me, Cody, and my girlfriend Lana. Um, we were on her land here in East Texas, and we were set up in one spot, and we had probably a dozen decoys out. And the birds kept going to another spot. And then every time we had a bird working us and he was getting low enough to get down in the timber, he would flare up. And I mean, it wasn't because he was seeing us. So we're like, man, maybe it's the decoys. Well, then about eight o'clock, we decided, we're like, man, let's go over there where the birds want to go down. So we didn't take one single decoy. You know, they they were acting decoy shy. They were acting call shy. We didn't take one single decoy. And we went where the birds wanted to go down at. And we were standing underneath these big, tall, this big, tall buck brush. So, I mean, we were totally concealed couldn't see us and i was using a drake whistle with zero decoys every bird that came over us acted like it was like we had decoys out and they landed right in front of us every time and we ended up shooting 12 mallards that morning and not saying you know we didn't smash them or anything but it sticks out because like we adjusted to what the birds were doing and it ended up working in our favor yeah, man. I mean, I think that's a, that's something. Guy, I think people get a little too stuck in their ways, you know. They're not willing to oh, make those yeah. little adjustments here and there. Yeah, and you know that's that's the first time I'm I'm 25 and I've been I've been duck hunting since shoot, like I said, since I could walk. And I mean, that's the first time I've ever done it without decoys and without really calling, without calling at all. I mean, it's just. It was one of those things I saw what the ducks were doing that day. They didn't want anything to do with the decoys. They didn't want anything to do with calling. And we made the adjustment and it, it turned out in our favor. And yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of people that, like you said, are stuck in their ways and they just don't, they don't want to make those tiny adjustments just to get birds in the hole to kill them, you know? Yeah. Especially in the timber, dude, that could be, that could make or break you real quick. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. So about the timber. So you, who is it now? You and a couple other people started a company called Loaded Timber Waterfowl. Give us a little insight as to what that is. All right. Um, yeah. So me and my buddy Dylan, we met through a mutual friend, and um, it kind of we, we we met once and didn't really talk, and then we met duck hunting. And when we met duck hunting, I guess we were both kind of like, all right, yeah, this guy's about it. This guy's a grinder. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. And our friendship really like came from that, from duck hunting. And then it got to where me and him were scouting together and me and him were hunting together. And then it just, it came into a really good friendship. Now, now we're like best friends, you know? And, um, then 
Cody, one of my other best friends, like, yeah, he, uh, he's been with me forever. He's been my best friend forever. You know, he's, he's like a brother basically. And, um, it was funny. What's funny about the low timber is we were trying to think of a name. Me and Dylan were coming up with this, you know, we were like, man, we, we need to make a, a brand. We need to see what we can do. Yada, yada, yada. Well then, uh, I got a girlfriend, Lana, and, um, she just happened to come in on the year where we were finally like, all right, we're doing it this year. We just got to come up with a name. And everything we were coming up with, we were like, oh, man, that's so stupid. It's so dumb. That's so dumb. That's so, Oh, that's already used. Oh, they're already using that. Well, then one day me and Lana were in the truck, and she was like, you know, I've been thinking about a name, but it might be dumb, and I don't want to say it and sound dumb. And I was like, well, just say it. It can't be any dumber than anything we've came up with. And she was like, I think Loaded Timber Waterfowl would be good. And I was like, yes, that's by far the best one we've had. So I – I called Dylan. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? And he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, that, that's definitely the best one. So, really, Lana came up with the name. My girlfriend came up with the name. But she's in it. You know, she hunts. She's she's just like us. She loves it like us. But, um, so, yeah, uh, it's kind of just been something me and Dylan talked about doing for a while and then finally just did it, you know. Um, it's coming together nicely. We got, we got a few things in the work for this season. Um, we got – some other stuff, you know, we don't, we're not going to talk about right now, but it's, uh, it's coming together and, you know, we, we hope to, to help, you know, young waterfowlers get into the sport and do it right. You know, we don't, we don't want, you know, the culture to get to where it's so far away from what it should be that there's just no saving it. So we, we want to, we want to help out people, you know, that are just trying to get into it to, to help them learn to help them, you know, know what they're doing when they go out there and uh, how to how to work birds and how to hide properly and how not to educate big groups of birds, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, man, that's that's pretty killer. Do you, uh, now I, I just, I looked you guys up on YouTube because you, you guys kept posting about a video, man. You guys have a pretty killer video out right now. Are we going to be seeing some more of you guys on YouTube? Yes, sir. Next season you will. Yeah, right on. You man. will. Yes. Uh, it's that that one video. It was it was good. Uh, it would have been better if we'd have had the camera guy with my buddies the day before, but we split up because we had two good holes. Camera guy went with me once again. Guys came in, literally set up fifty yards from us, man. I mean, fifty yards. It they weren't far at all, and they were like, "Oh, we won't shoot your swings." Well, you know what. When did it come acceptable in the waterfowl world to be like, oh, hey, I won't shoot your swings? Besides in the timber in Arkansas, that's different, you know. But I, I was just like, okay, whatever. Well, birds were trying to come to us, I mean, all morning, and they would not get off the calls, and it flared every bird. I mean, it, it just got to the point to about at 9 o'clock, I just looked at them and was like, all right, hey, I'm, I'm done with this. This is never going to work. So we left, but they shot, my buddy shot a five-man that morning. You know, like I said, they uh, they shot five-man of Mallards and Gadwall. And then they went in there the next morning, and that was the video. The video was a Sunday morning, the morning after they shot a five-man in the same hole. Dude, that's so, crazy. Usually Sundays are pretty much, they're pretty much bust over here. So Yeah, um, I mean, normally I don't hunt the second day of season. Normally, normally first day of season we get in them pretty good. And then the second day, I was like, I'm normally like, all right, I had enough of the crowd. I stayed out there all night the night before. Like, I want to sleep. But 
this particular morning, I was like, man, I got to go because we, you know, we didn't do well because of those people coming in on us. And, you know, Dylan said there's still enough birds in there to shoot. And, I mean, there was. I mean, we shot 14 mallards in that video. So, I mean, it wasn't bad. Yeah, not at all, dude. That's a. Uh... That's so messed up, though, dude. Set up 50 yards from you. Like, oh, I'm not going to shoot your swing. It's like, dude, you're, you're 50 yards, man. You're in my swing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's, come on now. It, it's gotten to that point, though, man. It's gotten to the point where there's there's no respect or etiquette. And uh, like I tell everybody, and I talk, you know, I talk to multiple people a day on the phone about duck hunting. That's just how I am. That's who I am. Like, duck hunting is a part of me. And, you know, I, I, I love to talk about it. And, I talked to people about, you know, the old days, how there was respect and stuff. Like, my, my grandpa and them hunted a hole here at Wright Patman in East Texas. And, I mean, literally people called it the Howard Hole because they knew J.W. Howard hunted it. And they could kill limits in it every day. And if somebody wanted to hunt it, they called him or, and was like, hey, you know, are you going to hunt uh, the Howard Hole in the morning? And if he said no, they were like, do you mind if we hunt it? He'd be like, no, go ahead. But, you know. If he was like, yeah, I'm going in the morning, they didn't ask questions. They were just like, oh, okay, and then didn't show up there. But, you know, now you ain't going to have that. There's too many people. There's, It's gotten too much of a competition on who can kill more ducks and who's better at this, who's better at that, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree, man. And that's why these past couple of years I've been, I've been hunting solo quite a bit. And uh, – Whenever I get somebody kind of creeping in on me, we call them tooling ninjas, man. They'll come in, no headlamp on, no no nothing, you know. You'll just hear them setting up decoys. And I just walk up to them, and I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, you want to hunt together? Like, I'm sick of hunting against each other, so. That's and that, that's the best thing to do. Yeah, I mean, rather than, you know, come up on them guns hot and be like, hey, man, get the hell out of here. I'm just like, hey, what's up? You want to hunt together? Yes, no. <laughs> if not, I'm Well, I mean, the best... The best, the best option is if you have room, why not let them hunt with you? Because, I mean, if you don't, then you're just going to be messing each other up all morning. Because regardless of if you say, oh, I'm not going to call it your birds or shoot your swings, it, it it's not going to happen. They're going to do it. Yep. Yeah, public land hunting, man. It's got its ups and downs for sure. And another thing with public land hunting, and I know people are going <laughs> to not agree with me on this, but... I've talked to Kevin about it and me and him have both agreed, which I wasn't around for the invention of the three and a half shell. You know, I don't remember it, but when somebody shot a bird at 70 yards, got with a three and a half and a, you know, a 28 inch barrel on a 12 gauge, they were like, Oh, I can just do that. And now people sky blast cause they got a three and a half in there. And I think that's one of the worst things that's ever happened to duck hunting. Yeah, dude. And I'm, I mean, I shoot, I shoot a 12 gauge. We talked before this for quite some time. You shoot a 20 yeah. gauge, right? Yeah, I shoot a 20 gauge. And if you, it's just, I can't, you can't beat it. But, you know, I, I have nothing against people that shoot 12 gauges. Don't get me wrong. I, I used to shoot it. I, I, I believe in it. Nothing against that. It's just the three and a half, so man. Three and a half inch shell. Now, I get it. If you're, if you're goose hunting in Canada and you're shooting graders, you know, whatever, shoot whatever you want. But, I mean, when you're, you're duck hunting in the timber or you're, you're duck hunting in general, period. You, three and a half inch i mean if you can't shoot them with a three inch you, i don't know that you should hunt yeah man if you if you, uh, my whole thing is like if you can't get them within 40 yards you should rethink what you're doing right away you know don't take that 70 yard shot so i agree i agree with you i mean it if they're not within 40 you shouldn't be shooting at them i mean and and me i i personally my favorite part of hunting 
100% my favorite part. I wouldn't have to pull the trigger one time and I'd be happy. But my favorite part is working the birds and getting them in the hole. Like to, to trick a wild animal into thinking you're one of them and to get them to land where you want them to land. That's, that's one of the most gratifying feelings out there. Yeah, dude. I mean, I just love working birds and just watching them set down. Like, that, I mean, I love pulling the trigger too, you know, but half the time I just like watching them work. So I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. So man, talking about guns anyway, you, you shoot a 20 gauge. What kind of gun? I have the Benelli M2. It's Rob Roberts custom. It's a, uh, it's never let me down. And <laughs> I shot it this whole season, cleaned it maybe twice. And I mean, I shot geese with it, shot ducks with it. Uh, I was shooting ducks, getting out of the hole. You know, your first shot, 10 yards. Next shot, you're shooting 15 to 20. And then you get on one bird and it fold from one of your buddies shooting. And then now the birds are at 35, 40, and you're just taking that shot. And while they're getting out of the hole, you know, and you you fold it at 40 yards with a 20-gauge, and you're like, man, why did I ever go to a 12-gauge? Well, what was the point? Yeah, man, really got me. I, that talk we had earlier, dude, I'm really thinking about going out and getting a 20-gauge now. Dude, I, I'm telling you, I, I love it. I, I don't think I'll ever shoot a 12-gauge again. Like I said, like I told you, even when I go up to Canada, I doubt i take a 12-gauge. I'll probably take that 20 and just, if I can't kill them graders with, you know, 3-inch 2-shot, then I guess I just won't shoot any graders, and that's fine with me. I, I go for the ducks anyways. Yeah, man, and plus, dude, like, we those 20 gauges dude they're so light i mean like you said they're like having a feather in your hand you know yes and like like you like you know back to my earlier point of walking in when you're walking in and you're carrying decoys and shells and your gun i mean it it does make a difference carrying a lighter gun yeah and then i mean you kill some birds and you're hiking back out with even more weight so (laughs) you know man hey that's the worst i'm I'm here to tell you I, i love shooting them but on that walk when you got a long walk and then you shoot, you know, a five man and you're like, you're thinking about the walk back. You're like, Oh, this is about to be miserable. Yeah. And waiters and everything. Just like, Oh man. <sighs> I will say though, I don't dread it in the waiters anymore. Cause I, I got those sick of waiters and I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you it's the best investment I've ever made. Dude. I, I, so I pre-ordered those before they hit and, uh, I'm sold on them. The best damn pair of waders I've ever owned. Oh, I agree. I agree completely, man. It it makes a world of difference down here walking. No, oh, I know. S- same here, man. You know, because the majority of my hunting, we walk in. So that those boots, those lacrosse boots they have, dude, they're just the most comfortable damn boot. I can stand oh, all day in them, man. Man, man I, I'm right there with you. I, I fully agree. My My waders did leak twice, though. Which I was bummed out about. But, I mean, we beat the snot out of gear, so it's like, okay, you know, it's not indestructible. It's bound to happen sooner or later. Yeah. Well, heck, the first hunt I had my sick waders on, I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. And I was chasing this duck through uh, off the side of, you know, the body of water we were hunting. And there's some trees with some thorns on them, and I jammed my left boot into one of them branches with them thorns and that thorn went straight through the boot and i just you know i got sick i was like oh man i just got these waders and i already ruined them well you know they they come with that aqua glue and that patch well i it like kind of it kind of made it to where there was like a 
a little piece of the boot hanging off. So I, I put, I caked that glue in that hole and then I held that piece that was hanging off down on that glue and let it sit there for like 10 minutes, held it down tight. And then I glued all over the top of it and it didn't leak one time the rest of the year. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. The, the first time my waders leaked, you know, I, I hit up Sitka and I was like, Hey, uh, I just spent almost a thousand dollars on these things. Um, they're leaking. I'm pretty upset about this, but, uh, dude, they took care of it. No problem. When they replaced both boots free of charge, you know, paid for shipping both ways. I was like, okay, that's customer service. That's why I paid the money, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, lifetime warranty is why I paid the money. I mean, as, as much as I hunt and, you know, as much as I go through waiters, it, it just, it makes sense. You know I mean? There ain't no telling the money I've spent on waiters in my lifetime. So, I mean, spending a thousand on them one time for the rest of my life. I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Exactly. hundred percent. Talking about gear, dude. I mean, what kind of boat are you running? Well, I did have a Gator Tail Extreme Series with a, 37 uh efi on the back and that's been out of commission for heck since the start of last duck season i I took it to get it fixed went to run it didn't work took it back to get it fixed went run it didn't work did it again i mean i'm 720 dollars in and it still ain't got fixed so i i kind of just was like gave up on it for the season and now i'm getting it fixed um which granted you know it's been ran a lot it's been through a lot it's it, it's seen better days you know it's it's got used <laughs> we've gotten our use out of that boat jumping beaver dams logs going through stuff we probably shouldn't be going through i mean it, it, it it's been a good boat but um yeah i think i'm gonna get it you know nice and redone and get it a new exhaust on it and everything get it running and then sell it and within you know a couple years get some money up because um, I'm going to be guiding this season and I think I'm going to save some money doing that. And then with my day job and everything else, and I'm going to try to get a timber Creek with a 40 horse on the back of it. Hell yeah, dude. Where, where are you, where are you guiding at? Uh, Dust Dale Outfitters and love it. Okay. How'd you come across that? So, uh, <laughs> funny story about that which I've already told Hunter and Austin is Hunter and Austin are the one Hunter Daughtry, Austin Daughtry, they're twin brothers. They own dust devil. Well, um, me and my girlfriend were in the stand hog hunting probably end of August. And, uh, this, she put a Snapchat story up of us hunting and this guy slid up on it. It was Hunter. And he said something about hunting and that we need to trade hunts and everything. You know, me being me, I was like, who's that? And (laughs) she was like, (laughs) yeah, and she was like, oh, it's Hunter, don't you? They're brothers. They own this guide service, yada, yada, yada. They're telling us about trading hunts. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Well, then it just got to the point to where uh, I got their numbers. I got their Snapchats. Like, we started talking. And then it was just them two running it. And they did a heck of a job this season. I mean, they they put numbers up. And um, they were like, yeah, you and her need to come out last weekend of season and hunt with us. You know, do, we're going to do a buddy hunt that weekend. And I was like, all right, cool, you know, we'll come. Well, then it ended up, Lana couldn't go, so I just went by myself. And we got to talking, and they were like, man, uh, why don't you just come on and work and guide with us this season? And I was like, well, I mean, I will, because I'm off, you know. I'm off November, December, January. Why wouldn't I? And they were like, yeah. So then it just it kind of turned into 
all right, yeah, I'm riding with y'all next season. So now I'm, I'm gone with them next season. And like I said, they they know how to kill birds. They're real hardcore about it. They they get after it, man. They they work for them birds and they they scout and they they put people on birds, cranes, geese, ducks, doesn't matter. And th- where are they out of? Lubbock, Texas. Their books open right now. Yes. Yes, just well, all you got to do is look it up on Instagram. Just look up Dust Devil Outfitters on Instagram and hit them up. Yeah, I hope all the listeners heard that. If you guys are trying to get after some birds down in Texas, hit these boys up. They do crush them. Man, they, they know what they're doing. And then, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to be running a lot of the duck hunts. And they it's, it's, it's unreal out there with ducks. I mean, the birds don't get hunted near as much out there. They a lot of people focus on the cranes and the geese. They don't really mess with the ducks. And man, on on closing day out there last year, it was literally like we were shooting early season birds. They they responded to calls. They responded to decoys. They they didn't care. I mean, it, it was it was a sight to see. I you know me being from East Texas, where if you, one one thing's wrong late season, it doesn't work. I was just shocked at the number of birds and how easily they worked. Huh. Now, now, are you guys, like, hunting dry fields? Are you guys hunting flooded timber? No, it's, it's dry fields and just, like, ponds. Just, I guess, what they call tanks, which I don't get why they call them tanks, but uh, that's what the farmers call them, tanks. It's just knee-deep ponds out there. Like nice little farm ponds, huh? Pretty much, yeah. And it's, you, you, you can hunt fields, we can hunt the tanks, and, I mean basically whatever preference you want you know if we find them in a field we're gonna hunt them in that field if we find them on the water we're gonna hunt them in that water but typically late season you're gonna hunt them water because they start uh going to grain going to feed at night in the fields and then they'll come back to water you know from sunlight on so you know late season you're gonna be in in water no matter what for the ducks that sounds like a good gig man so you're, you're guiding with them this season yes Right on. You got any other plans for this upcoming season? Uh, yes. Um, loaded timber. We're gonna we're gonna go up and we're gonna sponsor a uh, youth slash veteran hunt, and we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff up there with that. And then I'll probably go back up in October in the same area and um, probably get on a week hunt up there. And then when we get back from that. I'll probably just be there guiding. I mean, if you know, if the if the Canada border's open, I'm going up there in September. That, that's that's a given. If if Canada's open, I'll be going to Canada. But if it's not open, then you know, I'm gonna go up there for that U slash veteran hunt and get on that. But I mean, either way, we'll be at the U slash veteran hunt. It's just Canada's the op- the other option if the border's open. Yeah, I mean, when you go to Canada, I'm guessing you probably go for quite some time. Do you reach out to an outfitter out there or just kind of do it on your own? Yeah, so we we do an out we go with an outfitter out there. We go with Jed Lamb and uh, Paul and them, the Southern Prairie Outfitters guys. Yeah, man, I, it's funny you said that Southern Prairie dude. I was looking at them the other day. I was like, oh wow, might have yeah. to do that. Yep, they Canada with them is a good time. I will say that Canada with them is a good time. Hmm. I'm going to have to look into all this, man. Talking to all these people, uh, you know, they keep referring guide services and whatnot for all different types of hunting all across the States and even in Canada. And I'm like, maybe it's time to just bounce around from state to state, like once a month or, you know, 
that is the best thing to do in my opinion the best thing to do is go hunt somewhere new man i mean even if you don't kill birds you're seeing something new you're hunting somewhere new you know what i'm saying it's just man yeah my buddies and i would probably do it you know we'd probably just get a rental truck and just beat the living hell out of it and be like yeah we're gonna need double the insurance please for this yeah, and that's what you do in Canada. When you when you land, you get a rental vehicle, and you know they you, you just say, "Hey, I'm going hunting this, so give me what the best insurance you got." <laughs> you hope for the best. Yeah, you hope you don't hit. You hope you don't hit a moose or something. I know, dude. That'd be wild, man. I just saw a video on um, what is that? The Instagram page, Nature's Metal. There's a moose head yeah. in this person's passenger seat, dude. Man, we actually, our last time up there, somebody had hit a moose and it like had traffic killed. Like police, this moose was like in shock standing in the middle of the road and the police were out of their trucks and like stopping traffic and letting one car go at a time around this moose in the middle of the road. And when we went around it, I was literally arm length, arm's length away from this moose and it, it was so big. And it was just like looking right in the window as we went by. And I was like, yeah, if that thing wanted to charge right now, we'd be screwed. Dude, they're huge, man. I saw one when I was elk hunting one time, and I was blown away at how big it was, man. They're so big. Monsters. So do you do any uh, hunting or fishing in the off season? I don't do any hunting. Uh, people get after me all the time about, oh, man, you got a turkey hunt. Oh, you got a turkey hunt. You got to do it. It's more addicting than duck hunting. And I just, I have no desire to shoot a turkey. Now, if you kill one, you want me to come eat it with you? Hey, call me. I'll be there. But hunting, I, I just have no desire to go out there and shoot a turkey. It, it does not excite me. I, I don't know. The people that say it's more addicting than duck hunting, I, I question their sanity. But uh, fishing, yeah, hey, them crappie start spawning, them bass start spawning. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over that. That's I love doing that, man. I mean, I as a kid, when we we had some uh, some beds out up at the lake, and they get on them, man, you, it's hard to get me to leave when that's happening. When when they're spawning, it's hard to get me to leave the lake. I mean, I, I love crappie fishing, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'm like that with bass. If it's on, it's on, you know. And I'll I'll fish till the fucking sun goes down. Oh, heck yeah, I'm right there, which I haven't got to do it near as much the last few years just because of work and being out of town all the time. But, man, in high school, when I could just load up and go, oh, I, I was probably fishing every time I got a chance. You do any pig hunting down there? We do. I mean, any any hunt turns into a pig hunt if you see them. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's uh, it's gotten to the point where it's, it's out of hand, and... um. Hey, there was one night, me and a couple of buddies, uh, Cullen and Bryce. He, uh, Bryce's granddad had a contract to bush hog this sand fracking place. It was like 2,000 acres right off Red River. And, you know, if you don't know what Red River is, I mean, it's, it's a Red River bottom and it, it's got every animal you want in it, basically. <laughs> and them hogs, man, it, it rained all day. So that ground was real soft for them to root around. And we shot 16 hogs one night, I think. I think it was 16. And Cullen had his pulsar out there, his thermal. And I had a green light on my AR. 
and man, we just went after them, and it was it was so fun. Hey, we only stayed till midnight. We got there at like nine o'clock, and only stayed till midnight, and shot like sixteen. And we could have kept on going and kept on shooting, but I mean, it was it, it's it's fun. It's, Did you say sixteen? Yeah, sixteen. My God, and that that's not even a lot, man. There's people down here that'll shoot way more than that in a night. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild, dude. They're, they're everywhere down here, man. It's it's bad. Like like I said, my girlfriend's land that they have here in East Texas, it's it's overrun with pigs. I mean, it's bad. Just time to bring out, and you know, a couple coolers full of beer and all the buddies and just go to town on it. Hey, <laughs> and we would too. It's just, it's getting the time to get everybody together to do that because, man. But, yeah, uh, the pigs they're just they're a problem they're a big problem down here yeah man i mean i was just listening to a podcast i was talking about like pig hunting up here in california and um i've been pig hunting in california a couple times with just seeing sign and a couple pigs way far off man but i could just imagine what it is down there here and i mean you're cutting down 16 pigs in one night that's pretty crazy Man, it's it is, and like I said, that only happened once because we had the right place to do it. But I mean, I mean, our land you could you could go out there to this feeder that we have a camera on. All right, these hogs are coming at this time every night. All right, let's get there thirty minutes early. We're gonna sit there. They're gonna come out. We're gonna one, two, three them and kill three or four of them. You know, and that's how we do it. We try to get them off our deer corn by shooting three or four of them, and then you know it, it never works. They just come right back. I mean. It, they're a problem because when you when you got deer they'll run them deer they'll run them deer off i mean it, they they don't care dude that's how it is here in california with bears and freaking cats dude it's like deer populations probably dwindling down so fast yeah we don't we don't have any bears but i mean we got your every now and then mountain lion strolling through but i mean it ain't it ain't thick. They, they're not thick around here. Hmm. Well, yeah, man. What else you got going on, dude? Just uh, hanging out for the rest of the season? Yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to have a crawfish bull on March 27th. Slash skeet shoot, I guess. Some cornholes, some washers going. Eat some crawfish for loaded timber. And get to know some people, you know, from Instagram. And some buddies. And just, you know, have a good time. And then... Um, probably just do some things here and there for loaded timber and just keep it going and um try to try to give back in some way you know to the youth hunting wise for sure um i want to try to do a a youth hunt here every season you know when that seat when that weekend comes around i want to i i want to just get like we talked about earlier like the public land how it's turning into you know no respect and stuff like that i'd like to get just some youth out there that don't have the older people to take them hunting to show them how to do it and, and be that mentor for them, you know? Yeah, man, that that's pretty damn awesome. I think that, like, I mean, you said that lack of respect on public land could definitely deter young kids from wanting to get after it, you know, when I think they should be trying to get after it. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm not against more people hunting. I'm not against that at all. I'm just, I'm against more people going out there without a clue of what to do and just shooting at everything that flies by within 80 yards and 
you know, blowing a duck call like it's a dang harmonica or something, just trying to be loud and make noise, you know, and instead of using it properly, you know? Yeah. I'd like to teach. I'd like to be a mentor for people. Hell yeah, dude. That's the way to go about it, man. Do you, uh, down there, you guys usually just shoot mallards? Mallards and gaddies? Mallards, uh, gadwall. I mean, you could shoot. If you wanted to go out there and shoot 100 wood ducks, you could do it. I mean, there's that many here. They're so annoying. Golly. But yeah, we, we try to stay with mallards and gadwall. And then, you know, we shoot pintail and, uh, we shoot a few widgeons, but yeah, if, if we could shoot teal too, but we don't shoot teal. Um, it's really just mallards that we try. We target mallards, but if a pintail comes in, we shoot it. Gadwall, we shoot it. Widgeon, we'll shoot it. Um, yeah, I mean, now a couple of my buddies, they'll they'll shoot teal when they come in, but I, I'm not going to shoot it teal. Do you guys have an early teal season out there? We do. It's not worth a dang, though. Really? No, not in our area. Hmm. Unless unless one of the lakes here in our area plants, you're not gonna shoot them. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, Do they you... planted uh they planted two years ago, two teal seasons ago. Man, you couldn't beat the teal out of there. Really? Yeah, it was. It's probably the best teal season I've ever had in this area, and I mean that's saying something. To say, I mean, I've been doing it for that long. We we just don't get the numbers of teal in this area, man. They they just skip right over us because we don't have the we don't have the the habitat that teal really like, you know. Yeah. If you had to choose shooting a bird, would you shoot a mallard or a pintail? Mallard. Hmm, right on. You guys get a lot of pintail down there. So, the last four years, man, we've really picked up numbers. Um, I mean. Like, like we were talking about before, you know, we started started this. Uh, I told you, I think four years ago, we shot 47 pintail. And everybody was like, man, where are y'all shooting these pintail? Where are y'all shooting these pintail? And I'm like, man, we're just, we're right here in East Texas, you know? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it, I've never seen this many pintail. We've shot more pintail than I've seen my whole entire life. I don't know where they came from. And then after that year, I mean, I, I've seen numbers of pintail grow. We, we hunt another lake up here, and I mean... You get a cold front come through, you get a push of birds, you're going to see groups of pintail flying high that are just, you never used to, like, I mean, hundreds. What's your limit like that uh, down there? One. Really? Just Christ. like it is. Just like it is for y'all. It's terrible. Man, see 5,000 of them sitting in my damn fields. Only shoot one. Jump them up. They'll go one field over, sit back down. Too comfortable. Man. I hope I hope they raise that limit. I mean, even to just two. But I mean, if they did three, I'd be I'd be ecstatic for three. But I I don't know that that'll happen. What's your total duck limit out there? We only can shoot six, five of which being mallards. Really? Yep. Any limits on hens? Uh, two, two can be hens. Okay, so we got that. Yeah, we have that here in California, but we could shoot seven birds. But I mean, you can yep. go out and shoot seven mallards. But it gets it gets kind of tough over there mid season, don't it? Like with ducks, because I mean, don't they just like kind of stall out because y'all don't really get the weather? Dude, I don't even know what weather is, man. The other day it kind of hailed for like about ten minutes on my drive home, and then it was sunny, blue skies. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm like, all right, can't figure that out. Good job, California. 
which I mean, you know, you, you hear in our area, you hear about, oh man, we're not getting ducks because people, you know, farming for ducks up north, which, which I do think that has a small percentage to do with it. Cause I mean, now, you know, the number of people that are farming for ducks is way bigger than it used to be way bigger. Now you mean and, plant, plant and flooded corn, you know, those ducks don't stop for that. Come on now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The people that plant it and shoot them over it are like, oh, no, we're not stopping the flyaway. We're not stopping the migration. But, I mean, granted, pressure's num- my, my my biggest thing is pressure. I think pressure has a lot to do with birds staying in an area and, you know, migrating. Number two, weather, obviously. I mean, you got to have weather to push birds, but birds naturally migrate. Number three, you do have more people farming for ducks north of us and they can not like it you can call me an idiot you can do whatever you want but from the time i was a kid until now the number of ducks we get migrating is dwindling down every year and even back in the day when they had mild winters we still had numbers of ducks here now i think dude like i totally agree i mean if you don't get the weather up north you know with all the ag up there and guys farming for ducks and if they're using ice eaters to keep open big plots of water or stuff, or there's good creek system or river system, man, those birds don't have to leave ever. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it's it's a combination of things. Which, granted, like I said, the farming for ducks, hey, more power to you. Because if I could do it, I would do it too. I'm not I'm not bashing anyone that does that. I'm just saying that there are a higher number of people doing it now than there used to be. And yes, that does have an effect on how many birds push down naturally. Because if, if you don't get the weather, like I said, you don't, you don't get the big number of birds, but you could still get the natural migration, you know? Yep. So it's, it's just a combination of things, but you know, like I said, pressure and weather, if we got colder weather, we'd get more birds you know, if, if our pressure wasn't as much, we'd hold more birds that push down early. Because that's what our, our biggest theme for the last three or four years is early migration. We've had an early migration, and then after that, we don't get much of anything. Do they just stale out down there? Because I, <clears throat> I feel like we had a pretty good push early season here in California. And then I don't know if they left here and went back up north or what, you know. But, I mean... How was it this year? Did did you kind of see that? Because you mentioned you you think you had an early migration this year. Yeah, we get a, we get an early push every year, and and I've I've killed for the last four years. Which granted, last year I didn't, but my my buddies did. Uh, I mean, one year we shot a six man of mallards opening day. The next year we shot of five nano mallards the next year there was 10 of us in a hole and we would have shot our 60 if it wasn't for game wardens coming in but we only shot 40 and like i think 24 of them were mallards and then last year we the group that went with me would have limited out mallards and gadwall if it wasn't for those people and then dylan and them did shoot a five man of mallards and gadwall so i mean our early migration for that many years has been good but this year yes we had early, i mean we had mallards and gadwall everywhere and then you know the next day mallards and gadwall everywhere well then you know we try to let places sit and then you know you still got no water so then you have everybody hunting the same spots it's already been hunted and i think that pressure really really hurt us this year now let's backtrack a little bit. You mentioned 
Warden's coming in. What's the story behind that? Oh man. <laughs> so there was there was ten of us in this hole. I mean, we me and Dylan went and found these birds. We knew these other group of guys hunted this area and I had talked to the guy before the day before and he was like, Well, I'm gonna go scout Thursday. Well, this was Wednesday and me and Dylan go in this hole. We walk in, we creep in, and these birds have no idea we're there. And there's I mean, man, I, I don't even want to put a number on it. There was so many mallards in this back pocket of this hole, and we were like, oh, yeah, this is this is it. This is where we're hunting opening day. Well, then I got to thinking, and I was like, man, he said he's going to scout tomorrow. I know he's going to go there. So, anyways, the next day, I went there and watched them uh, pile in there. And, you know, I watched and watched and watched. Well, then nobody ever showed up, so I was like, all right, maybe he isn't going to scout here. Well, then – uh. I called him later that day and I was like, Hey, you know, did you find anything? He's like, Oh, I found a couple here and there, you know, and all that. And I said, well, where, where'd you put in at? And he told me and I was like, Oh man, he found those birds. And I said, I know you found those birds. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I told him and he was like, yeah. And I was like, man, we found them yesterday. I watched them this morning and we kind of just talked about what we can do. And, you know, he brought his group and I brought my group and we just had 10 people there and, we're, we're banging away. I mean, it's it's probably 9 o'clock, and we got – I think we got 30-something birds, and we have another group come in, and we're at 40 birds, and all of a sudden we hear this boat getting closer and closer and closer and closer, and then all of a sudden here comes a pro drive, a center console pro drive right up in the hole. It's three game wardens. It's it's Kessler and Hill and uh, – hang what's his name? Dave. I can't think of his last name. It was Dave West. Dave West. It was Kessler, West, and uh, Hill. And, you know, we know all of them. And they're like, man, y'all are doing some serious shooting. We were like, yeah, we, we got a good pile of birds here. So they literally went through all our guns, all our shells, the birds, everything. They're like, man, I can't believe y'all were, y'all were, uh, y'all are all legal. And then they were like, well, who started the fire up here on the bank? Cause, you know, that's illegal. And nobody was saying anything. He goes, well, I'm just going to write everybody tickets, you know, if, if you can't speak up. And I was like, it was me. I started the fire just to get, cause I mean, we have groups of birds, 15 plus birds trying to come in on us constantly while they're in there. And I'm just looking at these birds and looking at them and like, are y'all serious? Like if y'all would have just waited probably another hour, we'd be done. We'd have our 60. And, um, so we went, we argued about the fire for probably 15 minutes. Birds, and birds trying to sit down right behind them. <laughs> yes. Yes, while we're arguing about who started a fire. And I'm constantly saying that, and they're like, no, you're just saying that to take the fall. And I'm like, yeah, so y'all will leave. Write me a ticket and leave. Yeah, either write me a ticket, leave, or park your boat back there and stand by. And <laughs> Yeah, one of, the, one of the other guys is kind of like, I know him okay. Like, I don't really know him. He's in other group. But he, was, he noticed I was getting aggravated and i was kind of getting smart because i was like because i know the, the three game words like I, they check me all the time like they know me, me by name and I, I was like just write me a ticket and go like you know so he kind of looked at me and was like hey hey just just let it go just like i'm like no like they need to go so we can shoot our birds they've been here 45 minutes like we've missed out on four groups that we could already be done and Finally, they were like, all right, well, we're, we're going to let it slide because they got a call. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to let it slide. we got to go check these guys. So then they leave. And by that time, it's like 10, 15, 10 o'clock. And then uh, 
we didn't kill any more and then some people had to go so we're like well screw it we'll just we'll pick up and you know we'll we'll uh we'll just count our birds here and take pictures and go on about our business but yeah that was that was one of those times i was like really guys like like why did y'all come in here and just 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 kill this hunt like if y'all would have waited probably 45 more minutes y'all could have just met us right out here at the end of this hole Man, I mean, we've had we've had some funny instances where they just like jump out of bushes, you know, five o'clock in the morning, like, "Hey, how's it going, fishing game? Drop your backpack." <laughs> and it's like, dude, and you you just know, like, guys walking past you, like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go get that hole." And you're like, "Oh, oh yeah, God, man." And I mean, do you guys? So down there, do you guys have a shell limit on how much you can take onto public land? No, not in our area. So we have we have a limit here in California on the refuges. You can only only carry twenty five rounds with you. Well, heck, if you can't shoot your seven birds in twenty five shots. Oh, I know, man. Trust me, I know. But there have been those days where I have been. I mean, dude, I couldn't shoot the broadside of a barn if I was in the barn. Oh, we've all had those days. I mean, yeah, it's it's. We have a buddy, man. He. <laughs> um. I'm gonna name drop him, Bishop. He uh, he has his days where he ain't gonna miss, and then he has his days where he's not even gonna cut a feather. And he has more days where he's not gonna cut a feather than where he ain't gonna miss. And we get you should hear the shit we give him, man. We give him so much, it's it's funny. Yeah, dude, that's like me. Honestly, in our group is about like from the start of our season to about halfway through I'm a pretty damn good shot and then after that every season dude I I just don't know what's going on I just fall in a slump every year I think the best story about Bishop is uh he emptied his gun at a greenhead and then Dylan pulled up and folded it dead and it was banded <laughs> Oh Christ where was the bird from Uh I don't remember but I mean heck that was 4 years ago but dude, it, it was one of the funniest things that because like you should have saw the hurt in his face. Oh, I I, I know I've seen that. Uh, I had a pair of mallards jump up. It was me and my buddy Mason. I had a pair of mallards jump up, and I right away just turned around, you know, scotch double both of them. And he was like, "Dude, like you didn't even call a shot." I was like, "Hey man, reaction shot, my bad." And I I went over there and I checked it. He's like, "Hey hey, did you get it?" And I go, "Yeah, dude, you won't believe it. The greenhead's banded." And it was just dead silence you could tell in the whole refuge. Oh, man, I, I got a good story like that, too. Uh, I mean, it, it's not a long story, but uh, one of my buddies, Dallas, we were hunting the, the last day of season. Everybody, uh, like, just left us to go. Like, they all they all were like, no, we're not going to go. No, we're not going to go. It's going to be foggy. No, we're not going to go. And I was like, man, you know what? Them birds have been in this timber. I'm going to go. Even though it's foggy, it's the last day of season, I'm going to go. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. So we went, and we're working this green head. It, the fog's lifted at this point. We, I think we got five green heads at this point, or four. I don't know. And, you know, it's just us. Well, there's, yeah, we had four green heads. And um, this, uh, this green head is working, man. He'll get right to the hole, and he'll pick up every time. Get right to the hole, and he'll pick up get right to the hole and he'll pick up well dallas was on my left and the hole was to the left and this bird would get right there right to where i'd be like man i could shoot him and then he'll leave and he'll come back around do the same thing well then finally dallas was like hey tell me when to get my gun and i'll shoot him and i was like all right well then that last time man 
he came around. He got a little bit lower than other times, and I said, screw it. And I just shot him. And I shot him. I shot him over Dallas's head. I will say that. Like, I, I did do that. <laughs> and he went out there to get it. Man, he got it. He he started yelling and started cussing me. And he threw a green head 30 yards through the tree, through the trees all the way to me. Like, he was mad. And I was like, what What are you doing? Like, I had no idea that the bird was banded. But he's cussing me and, and all this. And I'm like, and, and he's a big guy. Like he, he's a big guy. He's probably 6'5", 250. Like he's a big guy. Or 240. Probably 240. And I'm like, do I need to like go get to the boat? Do I need to like run? Like what, what is wrong here? Well, then I picked the bird up and it's banded. And, you know, all of my, all of my like, what is going on just, just goes away. So I'm like, oh, this is what, well, then I get happy. You know, I start yelling, whatever. And man, <laughs> He, to this day, every time that gets brought up, he will get salty about it, which I understand. He never shot a band. That was that was my third one, I think. And uh, he just, man, he'll get salty about it to this day. And he'll probably get salty, like mad that I told the story if he listens to this. So, <laughs> Whatever, man. My bro- Kind of like the same scenario was <clears throat> we were hunting one of our rice blinds and a pair of mallards came in through the fog and – they banked out pretty wide. My brother, my brother was hunting. He just got into hunting that year. He was like, "Hey, you know, we should we should shoot these birds." I was like, "Yeah, they're gonna come right over top blind. We'll cut them when they come up." And that dude, they came right over the top, 10, 15 yards. And I go, "Andrew, shoot that greenhead." And it's just like a pause, a pause. And I'm like, "Dude, come on, shoot that thing!" Like, man, shoot that. All right, whatever. I'll shoot that thing. I grab my gun. I shoot it, and it was banded. Man. And I go, I go, I go, what were you waiting for, dude? He's like, I was waiting on you. And I go, dude, when I say cut them, don't wait on me. You jump up and cut that thing, dude. Yeah, pull the trigger when I say kill them. That's, that's like with Lana. Like, I'll, I'll be like, shoot, babe, shoot, shoot, shoot. And she won't shoot. But, I mean, that's just because she doesn't want to be singled out. She's told me that, like, multiple times, and I still do it. But she doesn't like being singled out. But I will say, I will brag on her, though, you know, since I just said that. I will brag on her and say she is she is a true hunter. Like, she loves to do it. She she keeps her head down. She knows how to hide. She, you know, she doesn't say unnecessary things. She isn't annoying. You know, she's she hangs out. Like, all the guys like her, like, to hunt with her, stuff like that. I mean, she she, she knows what she's doing. She's all there. Who's the better shot? Me or Lana? Yeah. Oh man, uh, I mean, you're like next question, please. <laughs> yeah, I know the honest answer, but you know, I, I'd rather not be in the doghouse. Yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> does she does she call ducks too? Man, she's learning, and I will say, when I first met her, like we were talking about duck hunting, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I duck hunt a little bit." And she showed me some pictures, and you know, I kind of I kind of looked at her and was like, "Oh yeah, you duck hunt," and so then you know. Me being me, just being a, a smart aleck, I was like, well, I duck hunt too, and I handed her my phone. I was like, just go through that. And she was like, oh. Well, she was like, well, I can kind of blow the duck call, and she started blowing on it, and I was like, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. For She's got the feed call down. She can do the feed call. Okay, yeah. But her problem is the cadence. Like, she can't get the right, the right like, I guess, 
air pressure to to make it sound right. She has the single hand quack down, and she can do the like if she went to hunt by herself, she could call a duck in to kill it. But the the comeback call and all that, she's still got to practice on that. But she is getting better. She practices like every day in the car. And she tells me that all the time. It's like every now and then she'll be like, Hey babe, you want to listen and see how much better I've gotten? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. And then I'll tell her what she needs to work on. And then she'll work on it. That's the best thing I tell everybody who wants. I mean, I'm not that great of a caller, you know, I can call birds, but, uh, man, if, if you're learning out, just watch YouTube videos, go listen to birds, you know, but every day you're driving to and from work or wherever you're going is just always blow your duck call. Yes. hundred percent. That's, that's how I got to where I'm at listening to live birds man listening to live birds is key um yeah anybody that wants to learn to call ducks go watch birds on the water and watch how they react when birds are flying over them that's that's the best thing that i've ever done like when i went i went to college in kansas and when we go out there to the wetlands and you could see the birds on the the refuge area they would all be pretty like quiet and then when you know a group of birds will fly over they'd start hollering at them and stuff and then just listening to the cadences and you know all the different sounds they make it's it's by far the best thing to do and then like you said practice 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 to and from work going to the mall going to your buddy's house going to your mom's house like pick up the call and blow on it i mean just put those sounds that you heard and try to try to duplicate yeah, and I mean, you got how long? When's your season start, and how long is it? Uh, our season starts normally second weekend in November. Then we have a split the first week of December, and then it picks back up and runs until the last weekend of January. Yeah, so I mean, she's got enough time to learn, you know, in the off season, no problem. Oh yeah, no, and I think she'll be. I think she'll be good enough to to call this this next upcoming season she's a she's pretty hard-headed you know you can't tell her anything and she's one of those if she wants to learn it she's gonna learn it you know yeah and then you could just sit back and pull the trigger oh yeah oh (laughs) hey if i can do that i would tell you right now that's what i'm gonna do but i don't i don't know that i could do that just because like i told you earlier that's my favorite thing is working them like you said yours was too i mean I, i don't know if i could do that yeah, I know it's rough, dude. Like this this year, dude. Uh, we were hunting and we needed. I, I think it was a one more bird or two more birds or something. This one solo greenhead came over. My buddy Austin hit him, hit him with a couple calls, and he turned towards us. And I grabbed my call and I hit him with a couple calls, and he just was like, "I am not digging that," and flared out. And then we kind of went back and forth, and I just put my call down. I was like, "Whatever, it's Austin's bird, man." This Mallard dude was sideways, like, five yards from my head, bombing right in. Like, I was on the far left, another guy in the middle, and then uh, my buddy Austin on the far right. And I'm notorious for jumping up and cutting a greenhead that's doing that. And, yeah. Uh, dude, I held off so hard. And Austin, he jumped up and just one-shot this thing, dude. And he looks at me, and he's like, I am so proud of you right now, man. <laughs> But it, it was cool to sit back, dude, and just watch it just bomb in and just work like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm pretty notori- notorious for doing that, too. Like, if it's any other bird, I can literally just sit back and let it come by me and anybody shoot it. But it's just something about if it's a greenhead, man, I, I can't not shoot it. And it's 
I've had to stop myself multiple times when I'm with people that I want to shoot birds. Like my cousin will come in once a, a, a season and hunt with us. And when he's with us, I, I try to let him shoot his limit first. You know, I, I try to hold back and call birds in for him and put them right in front of him. But man, it's, I've realized even with him being there and me wanting him to shoot birds, if it's a single greenhead, it's hard for me to say, Hey, kill that bird. No, I'm jumping up. I'm cutting that thing. <laughs> that's how i am man i'm trying to i'm trying to get a little bit more self-restraint but uh it's just something dude when when you get them on the calls dude and they just do it right oh man it's it's tough to be like okay i'm not gonna shoot that thing yes i agree i, I think you know you said that it, it, this isn't a single green head you know doing it right but there's nothing better than a single green head you know you hit him and he he just freezes and turns in midair, midair and then just comes right in. There's nothing better than that. But when we were on our first trip up in the Northwest, man, we had a group of probably 50. And when I tell you they were flying probably 100 yards away from us, and I hit them, I hit them pretty hard. And that lead hen froze and locked and came straight to us, and they all followed her and just did not circle did not do anything and sat 10 yards from us. That was probably like, we, we didn't even like shoot until they started to get up to leave because we were all in shock and just like, dude, that's awesome. Like I hit them and they all just locked and froze and did not flap their wings again until they were sitting down. Dude, we've had, we've had similar instances like that. Like one, one hunt last year, like we heard a bunch of mallards up in the fog and I was like, Oh, whatever. You know, I kind of hit them hard with a call. And it was like this one hen dude just sounded right back at me. And I was like, oh, okay, like that was cool. And then I look and they're just bombing out of the fog, six pack dude. And right behind him was like 60 plus more mallards. That's the best. And I was like, oh, wow. All right. Things are going to get Western real quick. Man, man, that's, that's, there. It's, it's unbeatable, man. There's, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. And I mean, this past year, it was funny, dude. We were kind of, we were being pretty picky on a hunt up north and um dude i shit you not we were having hens hen mallards dude we're just bombing in the spread and we're just like sitting there looking at feet like no 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 let her land like she's good. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what we did every time we were up there in northwest we we look at hens feet and if they you know didn't have the band we just let them go man there's a serious chance here in california that if you shoot a hinge probably banded my, my buddy shot a i don't know man here's here's kind of like back to that solo greenhead was I was hunting with my buddy Austin. Pair of mallards came in, and uh, dude, the drake was on his side, and the hen was on my side, and I was like, "Oh, look at that greenhead!" and jumped up. I whiffed on that greenhead. He shot the hen. It was banded. <laughs> That's how it works, man. And back to the the Kevin guy that I know from California. The guy shot six bands this season. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's. I'll tell you what. He shot man, six bands. A mallard pintail hybrid and over three hundred mallards by itself. Like, how much better of a season could you have? Like, <laughs> you got his number, man. That's somebody I need to get in touch with. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, that's hey. He knows what he's doing. He does it right. He's he likes to stay under the radar, dude. Too. So he might get a little mad at me for saying his name, but hey, he'll be all right. Yeah, he's, I mean, how many Kevin's are out there though, right? <laughs> a lot, a yeah. lot. But I. I mean, I, I just met the guy. He's he's older than me, and, uh, I mean, heck, he's I, – I called him Grandpa the first time I met him, like, in person. I was like, man, I'm just going to call you Gramps. 
and <laughs> it, it, he's literally but he's energetic man he's, he's like a, he's an 18 year old in a 40 year old body and i mean he's he doesn't sleep because he's so stoked to hunt like he's he's just he's all about it man he, he's a straight up duck hunter he's a grinder like he, he gets after it and does it right he's so knowledgeable like you know he i can't say enough good things about him he he's he he, he knows what he's doing that's awesome dude it's good to meet people like that you know yeah and just like we were talking about earlier like wade too wade's great guy i can't say enough good things about him um you know met him on a hunt with dry creek and then it's it we just we never stopped talking since then we've we've talked on instagram now we talk text now he might hunt with us for a week up in the northwest you know it it, it's it's gonna be it's a good it's a good thing like well you just you can't say enough good things about great people like him and kevin yeah exactly back to bands dude how many bands do you guys usually shoot down there man down here it's it's few and far between um i shot my first band uh when i was a sophomore in college home for christmas on christmas morning Hmm. and it's funny how it happened like i had two buddies in the front of the boat we were hunting out of the boat because the water was so high i had two buddies in the front of the boat i was in the back we had some cane around us and this one piece of cane was draped down in front of me well, we had a, an eight-pack come in, and seven of them landed in front of us, and one landed to the left. And the one that landed by itself was the only one I could shoot because that they were all behind the cane. So I was like, all right, hey, let's one, two, three them. Yeah, we, we shot them on the water. I shot down on the water and then didn't even shoot again. Well, they shot like four out of that group, and we went and picked them up and then went over there to get mine. And my buddy that was with me, <laughs> I'll never forget his face when he picked the duck up. He picked it up, turned around. He looked at me, held the duck up, and said, son of a bitch. <laughs> he was like, it would be banded. The only one you could shoot, and it would be banded. And, you know, of course, it was my first one, so I was on top of the world. And it was it was awesome. But, um, yeah, down here, it's few and far between. I, I shot another one in Kansas when I was in school up there. And then uh, I shot that other one over Dallas's head. <laughs> and then in Canada – I got a snow goose band. I, you know, it was we were just shooting into the group. No one knows who shot it, but I, I drew the right show, the right hole. Was it a? Where was that snow goose band from? Do you remember? It was in Anchorage, Alaska. Hmm. Yep, and it was it was a first year bird. It was too young to fly when it was banded. So I mean, it was he didn't even make it <laughs> through Canada. Your migration stopped soon. <laughs> yeah, he he his ended pretty pretty soon he didn't even make it to snow goose season yeah that's crazy man i'm still on the hunt for banded sprig that's something that it's like dude how many sprig we that i've killed over the couple years dude like seriously no banded sprig yeah that that's no joke i mean i know y'all are y'all are covered up with them out there i mean it's it's unreal they gotta do something about that i mean and not only that this might sound dumb but uh when I was in Lubbock and we saw all those pintail, man, there was never a pair. It was always five drakes and one hen, three drakes, one hen, six drakes, one hen. And it was always one hen. And I get courtship groups, but I mean, good Lord. I mean, it's like the drakes were overtaking the hens. Dude, it's funny you said that because I, I heard I heard one, somebody talking about pintail limits and everything and sexes and populations. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, well. 
word is is that they're going to increase it because they think there's too many bulls and not enough hens. And I was like, you know, I never thought about that. And then, then he goes on to tell me is that there's a chance that they could be harassing the hens through matrimony flights and everything that they could stress out the hen. I mean, this is all, don't quote me on this, but this is just word through the grapevine. And I was kind of like, whoa, dude, like that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually heard that too from a guy that's in with Delta and he said that Delta water it was a Delta waterfowl guy. And then, you know, I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. And then I heard it again through another guy that said he heard it from a Delta guy. And then I started paying attention to the groups of Pintail. And I mean, it, when I was out there in Lubbock, it, it, it was true. I mean, there were so many more drakes than hens. And I mean, when you get a big group of like 30, you can, you can obviously tell the drakes from the hens, Pintail, especially with the sun hitting them. And I mean, in a group of 30, you might see, you know, five hens, maybe. Yeah, man. I mean, that's like kind of, You'd be fortunate to see five hens in a group of thirty over here, dude. I mean, it's unreal. I mean, it, it, I I do think something needs to be done. I mean, y'all got y'all got so many out there. I mean, I've heard I've heard you know my buddy from out there talk about how many there are and how annoying it is and stuff like that. Dude, it's so bad too because I'll jump up and I'll cut my sprig thinking like this might be the only sprig, and I always do this, dude. Jump up, cut that sprig, and next thing you know is I'm getting sprig like five, ten yards over my head, just like flocks of twenty of them, nonstop. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, you're kidding me, dude. Like trying to look like, is there a spoonie in there? Like some, <laughs> something different. <laughs> I don't know what they're oh, gonna do. Man. Word is they might bump it to two, but I don't have any solid footing on that statement. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I wish I w- they need to do something. They they need to bump it. There's too many for them not to. Uh, I mean that's that's just from you know an East Texas boy that don't know too much, and just from what he's seen, you know. Bump it to seven that's bulls. My take. <laughs> yeah, a, a fistful of chocolate, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's just like I said. That's just from what I've witnessed myself. Yeah, I mean, we've we've even, like, my buddies and I, we've even discussed this. I mean, we discuss it all the time, but, like, we've even talked about, like, maybe just dropping down the bird limit altogether, you know, and increasing the sprig limit a little bit, you know, maybe only making it so we can cut cut up, you know, five, six birds, you know, but two, two sprig, you know, minimum, so. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, even, even two, I mean, you know, <laughs> that helps because if you got six guys i mean instead of shooting six you're gonna shoot 12 if you can you know mm-hmm. so i mean that that helps that that's that's a big plus i mean i remember it was two uh three years ago wasn't it i think so yeah i think so and that was that was the second year that we started shooting them like crazy and i mean we we have multiple hunts where we shoot you know seven eight bulls and people were like where are y'all at? You know, cause it doesn't, it didn't happen in our area at that time. And now, you know, it's getting a little bit more common to shoot pintail in our area, yeah. which people have, don't get me wrong. People have shot pintail in our area, just not at the volume we did for four years ago, four, three years ago. Hmm. Was the, was it a pretty dry year a couple of years ago? No, uh, it was actually like the water was out of its banks huh. and we were shooting them. I mean, granted, we were hunting, 
we were hunting places that were flooded, that were flats and stuff like that, that they like, you know, they like flats and stuff. So, I mean, that's what we were hunting. But, I mean, that's where all the mallards were, too. Man, I'll give up shooting, shooting spread, cause shoot mallards any day, though. But it's kind of funny, dude, because, oh. like, in the rice, you know, we always talk about it. Like, if we don't get onto a refuge through the lotto system or something, you know, like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll go to the blind, we'll shoot our sprig. You know, like it's just, yeah, there's a 98% chance you're going to shoot your sprig. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's getting out of hand. So, well, all right, man, you got any other uh, last thoughts or anything? We're looking at about an hour and 15 right now recorded. Yeah. Um, I mean, not really. Uh, I, I appreciate you, you know, asking me to come on and being on here. It was, it's been an honor. It's been fun talking to you. I mean, heck, the, the little conversation we had before we got on here, you know, I enjoyed that. I just, I enjoy talking to people about hunting. So, I mean, anybody that's listening, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, Zane Howard underscore 12 and shoot me a message and talk duck hunting, I'm all for it. Hell yeah, dude. And uh, they can get after loaded timber waterfowl. I mean, you guys got hats and sweatshirts and t-shirts coming out, right? Yes, yes, we do. Uh, we've already done one order, but uh, that was a pre-order thing. And now what we're doing is we're just going to get inventory and sell it as we get it. And I mean, um, it's 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 going to go quick. From what I've been, I've had people message me multiple times like, "Hey, when are y'all going to get it? Hey, when are y'all going to get it?" And so I mean, we're going to drop a website. And we're going to put it on our Instagram when we drop the website. You know, it's at Loaded Timber Waterfowl on Instagram. And we're gonna when we, when we drop the website, I'm I'm gonna go to immediately make a story, and say uh, website's live and you know first come first serve. And as we get some more stuff, we're gonna you know restock it. Hell yeah, man, that's awesome. I'll definitely be on there getting some stuff from you guys for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Well, all right, you gotta you gotta send you gotta I gotta get a hat from you too. So what kind of hat? <laughs> I gotta I'll send you I'll send you a. Uh... I'll send you the image of the couple that I got coming in. I just ordered. And then um, I have two more of the first batch. If you're interested, I could probably just send you one of each if you want. Hey, man, that's that's up to you. I, I mean, I'll buy it from you if you're selling them. $4 million, man. I got to get some property Oof. and put some flooded corn on it, dude. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a little steep for my budget. Yeah, I know. The hat's not worth it, man, but the corn is. Trust me. I, I do agree with that. I, I do bet that. I've seen it in person, so I, I, I'm with you. Hell yeah, man. All right, Zane, dude. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Once again, I appreciate you having me. All right. I'll talk to you. Yes, sir. All right. Bye. What'd you guys think? Go check that out. And Zane Howard, one hell of a dude. Loaded timber waterfowl. Go grab yourself a hat, sweatshirt, maybe a shirt, or even a koozie. Support those guys that are out there doing it just like us. We're grinding away, and they get after them for sure. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Like I said at the beginning, like, subscribe, leave us a comment. Later.